Hello pop lovers and welcome to this week's edition of the 2000s chart show. I'm Samuel Spencer and every week we are looking at the UK top 40 singles chart from 20 years ago. A time when music sounded like this. Rhythm, you can feel it, people feel it. Rhythm, we could be right, you and me, like fantasy. That's right, we are taking you back to this day 20 years ago. So, of course, that means that this week we are looking at the 24th of May 2003. 24th of May, in case you aren't up to date with your musical icon's birthdays, is the birthday of both Bob Dylan and Patti LaBelle. But on the 24th of May 2003, we may as well have thrown those icons into the bin because a new icon emerged. That's right, it's an iconic Eurovision moment alert because this day, 20 years ago, 2003, Sir Tab won the Eurovision Song Contest for Turkey with every way that I can and I will listen to that song every way that I can because truly an all-time great Eurovision track incredible stuff meanwhile over in the US and who cares compared to what's happening in Europe 20 years ago but the number one single is Get Busy by Sean Paul interesting because this week 20 years ago was the first week in which that song entered the UK top 40 charts where did it end up? You're going to find out very soon. But first, we need to address the elephant in the room. And as ever, thank you, Alexandra Burke, for bringing that phrase to the UK. Last week's show ended on somewhat of a bummer note because the number one single that time 20 years ago was noted sex criminal R. Kelly's Ignition Remix. And so we have to be honest from the beginning, Ignition Remix is also number one on this chart. And rather than end on a bummer, what we are doing is saying up front that that is the case and we're just going to focus on the furious fight for that number two spot. So I guess technically this week we are looking at the UK top 39. Just go with it. It means that we don't have to talk about R. Kelly anymore after this sentence ends, which is now. So where will Sean Paul get to in his UK chart debut. Let's just say we've got a long way to go before we're going to get to that. So let's kick right off with our number 40 track this week. iconic Pete Burns and Dead or Alive there with You Spin Me Round brackets like a record. On last week's show we had the gift of that week's smash hits 
And because Smash Tweets is a fortnightly magazine, unfortunately there is no Smash Hits to look at for this week's episode. But that does not mean we can, can't continue some of the great sections from the Smash Hits. So, for example, I'd like to return for another week to Smash Hits Crap Joke Corner. You spin me round by Dead or Alive? Watch out, here I come. More like, watch out, here you go, because you're at number 40 and you're suddenly going to drop out of the uh, the top 40. <laughs> I did say it was going to be bad. Weirdly, on my music playing device, it's decided to auto-tag my sound effect for that laugh track with a picture of Regina Spector. Not sure why that is. Just a, the joy of technology. So for now, at number 40, we are probably saying goodbye to Dead or Alive. Second crap joke. Dead or Alive? <laughs> Dead. <laughs> but they will return with that song on the chart very soon, so keep an eye out for that. But for now, let's move on. Our first new entry of this chart, it's at number 39, and it is She's Gonna Break Soon by Lesson Jones. She's gonna break soon, gonna break soon. There we go, a little bit of Scar from Less Than Jake, which she's going to break soon. Where does the name Less Than Jake come from, you may wonder? Apparently the band got their name from drummer Vinnie Fiorello's dog, who was called Less Than. No, he was called, haha, Jake. Apparently, he was much better treated than the rest of the household, so everything in Vinnie Fiorello's life was less than Jake. Of course, they had many other options to go for, more than Tom, equivalent to Phil, but they did go for less than Jake in the end. So our first new entry this week at number 39, less than Jake. Probably so low because by this point, they this is the absolute last fumes of Scar in the charts. Just bear in mind that no doubt we're doing Scar in 1990 in the charts. And this is now 2003. So 13 years of Scar, Less Than Jake. About as late to the party as you could get. It's when you arrive at the party and they're already doing the washing up. That is what Less Than Jake are in this chart. One last thing to say about them before we move on. It's worth having a look for the single art for She's Gonna Break Soon by Less Than Jake. Because, and this is a high bar to clear, but... It may be the ugliest single artwork that anyone has ever produced. Kind of circus picture of a girl in black and white in sad clown makeup while she's surrounded by caricatures of clowns. Maybe the protagonist of the song is going to break soon because she's been forced to look at the ugly cover art of this song for too long and she's just snapped. Wouldn't like to speculate. MTV calls Less Than Jake, by the way, a Jacksonville, Florida band who were an almost quite but never were group during the Scar breakout in the late 90s. And to be honest, I'm kind of happy they never were because not my favourite song there. Let's move on through the lower regions of the charts. And at number 38, a different flavour of a bad song, but kind of a bad song nonetheless. This is Clips with Ma. 
I don't love her. Friends saying that I cheat, right? Maybe with my got a pearl handle chrome thing that I call sweets. I greet with her, creep with her, even eat with her. Late nights under my sheets, yeah, I sleep with her, but that's it. Ma, I don't love her. Don't listen to her words. She trying to split up us love birds. But that's not it. Now you see me buying her whips. You see me sending on trips. If the answer's no, don't forget. In the background there, you could hear the backing vocals of Faith Evans. Despite it sounding like Khalees, it was Faith Evans. Also, if you listen to this song in full, and you can do that on our Spotify playlist, which will be linked to on our Twitter page, at 2000s Chart Show, you will hear Pharrell Williams. And of course you will, because it's a hip-hop song in 2003. And it was, and this is true, actually illegal to make a hip-hop song in 2003 if Pharrell didn't do vocals on it. We had a look on discogs and this is one of somewhere between 30 and 50 songs that pharrell had some part in in 2003 this was really his biggest year of course talking of khalees this was the year where he worked on her album creating incredible songs of the year like milkshake trick me and millionaire but let's just say mark i don't love her maybe one of his lesser efforts but it does bring up a philosophical question And that is, if you made a song in 2003 and Pharrell didn't do the backing vocals on it, did that song even exist? It's very much the if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it doesn't make a sound of 2003 hip-hop. I wouldn't like to speculate on whether Pharrell is a supernatural demon, but let's just say, if you say I'm writing a hip-hop track three times in a mirror, then he does appear. And that is true, you can try that for yourself if you're particularly brave and you want a vintage naughty's beat for your latest project talking of <laughs> this is <laughs> disrespectful say, but things that are coming to us from beyond the grave here's george harrison with any rain i've been traveling through the dirt and the grind from the past to the future through the space and the time traveling deep beneath the waves in watery grottos and mountainous caves but our oh lord we got to fight with the thoughts in the head, with the dark and the light. No use to stop and stare if you don't know where you're going. Any road will take you there. Yes, the late Beatle George Harrison there with Any Road. This was his last single, released, as we said, posthumously. This was one of the songs that George Harrison decided to work on after being diagnosed with cancer and he worked on them throughout his cancer treatment and then after he died in 2002 he left the work of completing the album to his son Danny and Jeff Lynn from the band Electric Light Orchestra. Fun fact about Any Road it was nominated for the best male pop vocal performance at that year's Grammys but it was beaten by Justin Timberlake's Crimea River which obviously a very contested battle because One of them is an artist who went solo after being part of one of the most important and legendary bands of all time. And the other was George Harrison. (laughs) I can never resist a one was X and one was Y joke construction. One song I can definitely resist, though, is our next track. Another early new entry. At number 36, here's Price to Play by Stained.
That's right. I put an emphasis on stained there because if anyone knows their sludgy new metal bands of 2003, you will of course know stained is spelled S-T-A-I-N-D. No E there. Where did the E go? Well, that's a case for the 2000s chart show news. This is the 2000s chart show. News at eight. Our top story today, the E from the name of the band Stained has gone missing in a move that many are calling a kidnapping. To investigate more, we head over to our letters correspondent. Thanks, Sam. It was a night like any other in 1995 when the letters from the band Stain were having a few beers at the end of a long day. The letter E said he was going out for ice. He never returned. 28 years later, the letters S, T, A, I, N and D have learned to live without their former friend, but things will never be the same. I'm sorry we made fun of you for being the most common vowel in the alphabet. The letters S and I said in a statement at the time. We just want our friend back. If you have a knowledge of where the missing E can be found, email our anonymous tip line at the2000schartshow at gmail.com. Thanks for that very important public service message. If we can do one thing this week, it's that we will return the E to Stained. Maybe we can do a charity single. Liz from Atomic Kitten... Junior Senior and Kim Marsh finally teaming up to return that letter E. Moving on from that light sketch, the song Price to Play, not song Price to Pay. Yep, it's a pun. What does it mean? Who cares? One more thing to note about Price to Play by Stained. That song is from their album called 14 Shades of Grey. Raises an interesting question for me. If 50 Shades of Grey is the full-on S&M shagfest, then... What do you get for 14 shades of grey? Is that just a kind of light spanking? Someone rolls up a magazine and gives you a quick pat? Or is it maybe, you know, mildly degrading language and, you know, you tie them up with a elastic band or something? We will never know. Only stained, Noe, will know the answer to that. And while we wait for them to finally break their silence, let's move on to number 35, down from 25 this week in its fifth week on the chart here's madonna with american life The fifth and possibly last week on the chart for Madonna's American Life, certainly 35 is a danger zone position for anyone trying to keep in the top 40. So this may be the last time we have to talk about the iconic rap of American Life. I'm drinking a soy latte. I got a double shot. It goes through my body and you know I'm satisfied. I drive my Mini Cooper and I'm feeling super duper. You can tell me I'm a trooper and you know I'm satisfied. I do yoga and Pilates, but the room is full of holly, so I'm checking out the bodies and I know I'm satisfied. I'm digging on the ice tape, this metaphysical ship is up and everything this can give you hope. And I know I'm satisfied. I got a lawyer and a manager, an agent and a chef, finance and assistant and a driver and a jet, a trainer and a butler and a bodyguard of five, a governor and a stylist. Do you think I'm satisfied? I'd like to express my extreme point of view. I'm not a Christian and I'm not a Jew. I'm just living out the American dream and I've just realised that nothing is what it seems. Famously, 
even among Madonna fans, seen as a embarrassing rap. But the producer of American Life, Merway's Amazadi, told Rolling Stone, the funny thing about the rap, and he, he is French, so maybe I'll do a light French accent. The funny thing about the rap is that people mocked her because they thought she couldn't rap properly. I don't agree at all. That's still him talking. I'm just stopping the accent. No one understood that she, well, we decided to keep it that way. She wanted it like that. It was nothing to do with skills or vocal performance. Critics were very naive to think her performance couldn't have simply been fixed in the studio. We kept the rap with that stiff and robotic flow and her hysterical delivery. It was a self-mockery, a statement of her own status, and beyond all, a mockery of the music cliches of the time. It was ironic. The lady doth protest too much there, I think. Very much. Oh yeah, it, it was meant to be bad the whole time. It's like when someone makes a a bad film and they say, oh yeah, it was meant to be ironic the whole time. Certainly, I'd never believe it when it happens in filmmaking. So I guess I have to be sceptical when they talk about it in music as well. Also worth mentioning about American Life is its video, which was recently, the director's cut was finally put onto Madonna's YouTube channel, if you want to go and check it out. The original video for it was a kind of war-themed fashion show in which Madonna and a kind of group of guerrilla fighters are bombard a stage that's doing a war-themed fashion show with like you know, amputees with guts falling out of their legs, like walking down the runway of Couture and like, you know, very, very other such provocative things. The original version, which I think even this version hasn't made it onto Madonna's YouTube channel. Madonna ends it by throwing a grenade, which lands in a lookalike of George W. Bush's lap. Really actually worth interest. If you're interested in this period from listening to this podcast, worth watching the video. I think it gives you a very clean snapshot of what, people were thinking about in 2003 but at the time madonna decided to withdraw the video basically as we moved further and further to going to war with iraq she said in a statement i've decided to not to release my new video and i'm doing it in a british accent there as you can hear because that's how madonna talked at the time as well it was filmed before the war started i do not believe it is appropriate to air it at this time Due to the volatile state of the world and out of sensitivity and respect to the armed forces who I support and pray for, I do not want to risk offending anyone who might misinterpret the meaning of this video. In the lyrics of American Life, she says, I'm not a Christian and I'm not a Jew. So quite why and who she's praying for and to is left unanswered. So check that out for yourselves on the YouTube page and see if it was worth all the controversy that it dredged up. But for now, we're going to move on at number 34. Down from 26, it's Delta Goodrum's Born to Try. Goodwin there with Born to Try. Just the day before I recorded this, I saw that she is playing a 20th anniversary tour of the album that Born to Try featured on, Innocent Eyes. Raises the question of whether she's going to have as her support act Nina Parker, the character she iconically played on Neighbours. Hey, I heard you on the way back. Oh, I was just checking out in the Herald. Sweet, go play some more. Oh, no, it's a little bit out of key. Nah, it sounded pretty good to me, especially that diddly 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 bit. What do you call that? Maybe the bridge? I don't know. Why don't you play it so I can find out? 
No, I just make her for myself. Honestly, it would be genuinely iconic if she was her own support act, but in her role as the shy singer in the making, Nina Parker. It would be very much if Miley supported Hannah Montana. Forget Mark Zuckerberg. Delta Goodrum is the ultimate meta experience that anyone could ever have. So yeah, have a think about that, Delta. And why you do, number 33, Robbie Williams' Come Undone, straight into number 32, Forget About Tomorrow by Feeder. Actually, do you know what? We're going to forget about Forget About Tomorrow because it's boring. And I'm taking inspiration from the story we learned about Pete Burns last week that when people came into the record store that he worked in and they tried to buy a song he didn't like, he refused to sell it to them. So I refuse to play you any more of Feeder's Forget About Tomorrow. You can go to our Spotify page if you have a desperate need to hear some very middle-of-the-road indie from the early 2000s. I'm not going to facilitate that for you i'm sorry i'm not instead i'm going to liven things up by talking a little bit about this week's upcoming new entries we've heard some of the songs that could only get into the mid 30s of the chart but we need to talk about some of the big hitters we're going to hear this week so the big battle of the week for that all-important number two slot the highest position that you could get to on this chart number two on one side we have current us number one can it match its position on the other side of the Atlantic. If it's going to do it, it's going to have to beat five pretty feisty girls. Girls Aloud. It's their second single. Their first single, Sound of the Underground. One of the biggest songs of 2002. Now their follow-up. The arguably even better No Good Advice is in contention for that number one slot as well. But let's never count out the woman who is third place probably this week in our chart battle. And also... Let's be honest, the third best member of Steps, H and Faye, if you're wondering. Lisa Scott Lee is this week releasing her first solo single, Lately. Maybe that will have a insurgence and be able to beat Sean Paul and Girls Aloud. We're going to find out as we go along. But first, we're going to quickly also mention that uh, Bon Jovi has a new song out this week. But because I'm not your dad, I don't really care. So we're going to go straight to number 31. This is its 10th week in the chart. You know it. You love it. It's all I have. J-Lo and LL Cool J. Wait a minute. Don't bounce, baby. Let's talk about this, man. Well, I'm bouncing and I'm bouncing. I gotta leave you alone. Cause I'm good. Holding down the spot. And I'm good. Repping the girls on the block. And I'm good. I got this thing on lock. So without me, you'll be fine, right? What you had, baby girl, I'm what you have. You'll be needing me, but too bad. Be easy, don't make decisions when you bad. Because this song is at number 31, which also means it is in danger of being in its last week on the UK Top 40. I would be remiss if I didn't mention to you, in case you didn't know, that LL Cool J stands for Ladies Love Cool James. Now you know that, you're probably thinking, 
that sounds like something that someone would write on their own like primary school English notepad. But it is true. And funnily enough, it was actually a name given to him by a friend from school. A high school friend at 16 decided that LL Cool J's rap name should be Ladies Love Cool James. Feel slightly sorry for him being lumbered with that name. A very embarrassing name since the age of 16. You know, we all try to, I'm sure, have like cool nicknames for ourselves at 16. But if you had to still be called, I don't know, Cobra Death Punch at the age of 30, you might be embarrassed. But maybe LL Cool J isn't embarrassed. He certainly had a lot of success. He's been on NCIS Los Angeles for 600 years. So he definitely could buy every single listener to this podcast soul if he wanted to. So ladies love Cool James and the viewers of NCIS Los Angeles, I'm sure, do as well. Talking about weird names, at number 30, a new entry for the 80s Matchbox Beeline disaster with Chicken. member of the 80s Matchbox Beeline disaster a few years ago wrote an article for The Guardian about their trip to Glastonbury. They said, we'll be driving down from Brighton in our car, the 80s Matchbox Beeline disaster. That's the car's name. We're not named after it. For such a totally unhinged name, that seems to be the only information online about why they're called that. And it doesn't actually answer the question. It just says that they happen to be named the same name as a car that they're definitely not named after. So that really couldn't be any less clear. I did find one other little nugget that partly explains their name. One of them said, The 80s of our name refers to all those terrible bands that were in the 1980s, like Spandau Ballet and Duran Duran. Um, makes me think, mm, if I was the 80s Matchbox Beeline disaster, I don't think I would be coming for the pop writing sensibilities of Duran Duran. Maybe, you know, when you've written a song as good as Girls on Film, maybe you can talk about naming things after rubbish things. So yeah, we don't actually really know anything at all about why they've got such a insane and stupid name. But they do have three more songs to come in the UK Top 40s in the coming weeks. So hopefully at some point the answer will emerge. But until we get that information, this week in my real life, I went to see Abba Voyage. And I only realised when I was there that it was only me who's been calling it Abba Voyage in a very kind of pretentious European way. And everyone else has been calling it the much more prosaic Abba Voyage. Abba Voyage has got me very obsessed with AI and technology and holograms and of course as it would because it's so incredibly done. So that made me think could an AI come up with a better name than the 80s Matchbox Beeline Disaster? So I asked who else, ChatGBT, to think of some suggestions and they gave me The 90s Tupperware Sea Track Catastrophe The 70s Matchstick A-Line Fiasco the sixth is Lunchbox Z-Line Debacle. Pretty good names. Certainly no worse than the actual name of the band. Actually, kind of obviously, it makes me think that why even bother coming up with anything if that's the pretty high calibre of comedy that an AI can do. In fact, I was so impressed by that that I thought, why don't I just get the... I'm spending all this time desperately trying to segue from one song to another. 
I'm just going to let an AI, AI do it. So here's what the AI wrote in its full for me to link from the 80s Matchbox Beeline Disaster to the next song in the chart. Welcome back to our music hour on WXYZ Radio. We've just heard the intense and energetic track Chicken by the 80s Matchbox Beeline Disaster. What a wild ride that was. Now we're about to switch gears and bring you a classic dance album for the 90s. Get ready to groove because it's time to revisit Rhythm is a Dancer by Snap. Ah, Chicken by the 80s Matchbox Beeline Disaster certainly had us on the edge of our seats with its raw energy and unique sound. The band always knows how to bring the intensity. Now let's talk about Rhythm is a Dancer by Snap. This track takes us back to the 90s and delivers an irresistible dance beat that makes you want to move. Rhythm is a Dancer became an instant hit when it was released back in 1992. Its catchy melody and powerful vocals made it a staple on dance floors everywhere. The song's infectious rhythm can instantly transport you to a time where dance music was ruling the charts. Both Chicken and Rhythm is a Dancer are prime examples of how music can evoke different emotions and take us on a journey. While the 80s Matchbox Beeline Disaster track captivates us with its alternative rock energy, Snap's hit brings out the inner dancer in all of us. Check this out! So whether you're headbanging to chicken or shaking your hips to rhythm as a dancer, we've got you covered with an eclectic mix of tunes here on WXYZ Radio. Stick around because we've got more great music coming your way. Keep those requests coming and we'll keep the music flowing. Stay tuned. A little long, I'd say, if I was going to give feedback to ChatGBT. Certainly they can do just as good a job as me, which is incredibly depressing. And while I consider the impending demise of writing and presenting as a career option, Let's count down from 28 to 25 with a medley of songs that have had chart-staying power.
know we've only been doing this podcast for three episodes, but don't those songs already feel like fond and familiar friends? Let's run through them if you need any reminding. 28, Plummet by Damaged. The other way around, Damaged by Plummet. I will, they may be fond friends, but I will never get it right which way around that is. 27, Kim Marsh with Cry. 26, Junior Senior Move Your Feet. And 25, Room 5 featuring Oliver Cheetah. Junior Senior there in its 12th week. So that's three whole months of Junior Senior Move Your Feet. Which is fine by me because I could listen to that song for three months in a row, non-stop. Next on the chart, number 24, down from 15 last week. I knew a friend for you, but somehow I bought this song on CD What I was thinking, I have no idea. Perhaps in listening to it, we will find some spark that I so loved at the age of 10. Britney sings a sound amazing. Ten year old proto gay me, all he wanted was songs about how guys really wanted to give Madonna one. Even listening to it now, it is a ever expanding mystery why I ever wanted to physically own that song. After all, it's pretty gross. But we can't think about these things with hindsight. We have to think about them as they were at the time and at the time that song was good enough to get to number 15 last week and to number 24 this week it doesn't have to exist in the past forever as a time capsule of the pop stars that four random australians did or did not want to have sex with in 2003 this song can be updated you'll be pleased to know seeing as i was already on the ai earlier i thought why not see if my new friend ChatGBT could provide us with a updated version of Do It With Madonna with modern pop stars? The answer to that question is, can it? Yes and no. To set up how well the AI did, let's listen to the beginning of the original Android's Do It With Madonna. You know Christina's got the body She really likes to spin and twirl But when she's flirting with the So you get the idea there. The first bit, they introduce the pop star, say a good thing about them, and then neg them in the second part. So I asked ChatGBT, rewrite the first verse and chorus of Do It With Madonna, but make it about modern pop stars. Okay, so here is the result. I don't want to do it with Beyonce. She's too perfect and I'm not worthy. I think it thinks Beyonce and worthy rhyme. I don't want to do it with Ariana. She's too sweet and I'm too banana. I don't want to do it with Rihanna. She's too sexy and I'm too vanilla. But there's one girl who makes me feel good. She's got the juice and she's misunderstood. I want to do it with Lizzo. She's got the curves and the flow. I want to do it with Lizzo. She makes me feel like a hero. I'm actually, I'm quite touched by that because it really, it does speak to me as someone who, and I've never shared this with anyone before, does worry that they are too banana. In fact... That is such a good rhyme that there's only one thing we can do. 
Which brings us to a poetry highlight of the week. Poetry highlight of the week. I don't want to do it with Ariana. She's too sweet and I'm too banana. Well done there for the ChatGBT joining the Hall of Fame of Poetry Highlights of the Week with Lil' Kim and Snap. Who can forget their lyrics from last week? I'm as serious as cancer when I say that rhythm is a dancer. But that's enough AI. What we need is a song that's the exact opposite of AI. AI in our society is all about modern progress and excitement. So what we need is a song that sounds incredibly old-fashioned and boring. Let's see what the next position in the chart is going to bring us. Oh, perfect! Shed 7! Give me a second opinion One that won't discourage me Yes, wasn't that a nice break from the futuristic thoughts of AI? Shed 7, new entry at number 23 with Why Can't I Be You? They're asking that question to Ocean Colour Scene, asking why can't we even be as good as you, a band generally considered as a also-ran Britpop band. Shed 7, it just proves that there's just no original ideas anywhere, is there? Sure, we all love Shed, and Shed 2 was fun. But then, of course, things started to go downhill by the time of Shed 4. And by Shed 7, it was really running on fumes. You know, there was a time travel plot and uh, there was... They did a, they had that cameo, you know. It's really the law of diminishing returns, the Sheds. We need to go back to good old-fashioned Shed 2, colon, Shed Hard with a Vengeance. Good there, Shed 7. That's Shed... All I have to say about Shed 7, because that song is... A absolute nothing. And these, as seems to be a pattern with these charts, the first half is a bit of a slog. And that may continue with our next track, number 22, another new entry, The Wild Hearts with So Into You. So Into You by The Wild Hearts. I don't know what you think about that out there. It's got a good chorus, and then as soon as the verse comes in, it dies on its feet. So the song might not be the most amazing song in the world, but certainly this single cover needs to be seen. So if Less Than Jake's single cover is one of the worst single covers that anyone has ever created, The Wild Hearts' So Into You, it's immature, but it is funny. So let me take you through it. And you can, we will post it somewhere, one of our many varied social media outlets. So the single cover is an x-ray of someone performing oral sex. Incredibly tacky, but in the best way possible. Very funny. Once you realise that the lead singer of the band was 39 when this song came out, though, it does 
move from being a kind of very immature, hilarious prank to something like generally creepy. That lead singer, of course, has is called Ginger Wildheart. He probably should have known better if he was 39 years old than having a X-ray blowjob as his debut single with his band. So far in the, the last three episodes of this show, we've had a few big shocks when we've learned that people with extravagant stage names that is actually their real name so this week is no exception i hate to break it to you this is going to be shocking but ginger wildheart is not ginger wildheart's real name he was born david leslie walls but the wildhearts in 1990 did have a backing vocalist called duncan f mullet which sounds like a bad cartoon if hannah barbera were going to make a cartoon about a heavy metal band they would definitely have a member called Duncan F Mullet but it does seem that that is his real name so he is joining Lisa Mafia in the 2000s chart show hall of fame for people whose names we can't believe are real so congratulations to him and congratulations to Ronan Keating for this week's number 21 down from 13 last week in its third week here's the long goodbye Back again, that it's meant to be Words ain't pulling me through Cause I'm still in love with you I stand each day here waiting for a miracle But it's just you and me going through the mill Climbing up a hill This is the long goodbye Somebody tell me why yeah, That's this week's number 21 And at number 20 is another song in its third week in the chart. Slightly more upbeat, so get ready to wake up with Kelly Rowland and Can't Nobody. a brave choice to be the second most famous member of a band and ask uh oh uh oh can't nobody do it like me it really does set you up to be like well i know one person who can do it like you and is maybe doing it more successfully but who am i to judge kelly Rowland for a pretty good song we still love you kelly looking forward to seeing you at mighty hoopla so forgive me kelly Rowland, of course most famous for an iconic duet with nelly nelly and kelly establishing the rule that all artists whose names rhyme should team up think of a f- funny me, this is me desperately trying to think of another funny combination of two bands that would rhyme <laughs> the silence is deafening when mystique and chic are gonna collab i don't know but they need to get on it so nelly best known for her duet with kelly and at number 19 there's a new entry and all of that was an excellent segue so just hold on hold on to your uh Hold on to your valuables because we're getting there. And this next song is another great collab. I'm reading on the official chart website. It's between Bone Thugs and Harmony and a Mr. P. Collins. Who could that be? We're going to find out after hearing a little bit of this song, which is called Home. Bringing this stress to my spouse Cause I'm ready for the kill on oh, Look out, look out If you 
try to run up on the bone. I'ma show you like this, I'ma pull my chrome. I don't wanna have to send it home. Lord, please take me home. Come and take me home. Some of our more eagle-eared listeners will have recognised exactly who P. Collins is there. But first, the simple observation, Bones, Thugs and Harmony in this economy? Moving on. So on the official chart website, it's labelled as P. Collins, which makes the person sound like P. Diddy. But of course, P. Collins is the least P. Diddy man in the world. It is Phil Collins. You may think, Bones, Thugs and Harmony and Phil Collins... What a weird combination. And I will tell you, this stuff was everywhere in 2003. Hip-hop artists were obsessed with Phil Collins in 2003 in a way you will not believe. And in finding this out, I went on a total Wikipedia wormhole. In the early 2000s, 2001 specifically, an album was released called Urban Renewal, which is a terrible name for a album. Firstly, the concept of herbal renewal is a very boring topic, and it's also a terrible pun. But the terribleness of the title really did match the terribleness of the music, because Urban Renewal was an album in which hip-hop artists like Lil' Kim, Montel Jordan, and somehow Khalees twice, two different songs, covered the songs of Phil Collins. If you want to know what that sounded like, here's a little taste. And I've been waiting for this moment Think about how tough that was to listen to for, what, 15 seconds and then think about an hour-long album of that, okay? It's no surprise that Q Magazine, RIP, called that the third worst album ever made. Just to put that in context, that list of Q Magazine's 50 worst albums ever made had Crazy Frog's Crazy Hits at number 18, which means that it thought that Urban Renewal was 15 places worse than this. The crazy frog is coming, 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 and everybody's jumping. New York to San Francisco, and into city disco, the wheels are still on turning, and traffic like a burning. So if you like to party, get on and move your body. As much as I agree, with both of those albums being on it, they did put at number two, and I quote here, every Spice Girls solo album, which is so rude to Northern Star by Melanie C that I cannot believe it. But there's enough there that will cut them some slack, and I was a secret Q magazine reader in the day. I will forgive them. Hearing this Bone Thugs and Harmony song, I assumed that this song, Home, was part of that project. But no, this came out two years later than Urban Renewal. So that means that Bone Thugs and Harmony, or Bone Thugs and Harmony, I can never actually remember which, listened to Urban Renewal and then thought, oh yeah, we need a piece of that. That thing that everybody, every critic has called one of the worst albums ever made, we need a piece of that action. Completely baffling. And if that wasn't enough, in an interview, Bone Thugs and Harmony said that they decided to make Phil Collins an honorary member and given him the moniker Chromebone. And if that doesn't make you vomit, then I don't know what will. So after that, frankly, ill-advised piece of hip-hop, let's 
swiftly move on to two actually great bits of hip-hop from the charts over the past two weeks. At number 18 and number 17... Lisa Mac is all over and at number 17 down from 14 DMX X gone give it to you that was a nice brief respite from the trash that has been the new releases so far we are about to head into the worst song on this week's chart I don't you know we're only on the third episode I don't want to stake my claim too early but this may be an early contender for the worst song that we will ever do on this show let's just get it over with shall we yep so that is southampton boys by the red and white machines and because my computer hates me and wants me to suffer it started playing it again there cut that off at the core Usually on this show, I have to keep the songs to short clips because of copyright reasons. That one I kept short because I could not listen to it anymore. Even in clipping that piece to the usual 30 seconds, I got to 19. I was like, enough. So let me take you through how we got to Southampton Boys. So this is a song recorded by fans of the football team Southampton United. If you were paying attention last week, I think, you will know that it was the FA Cup in which Arsenal... And Southampton fought for the bowl or the Oscar or whatever you win in the FA Cup. I don't know. In this point in chart history, often if a football team were having more success than they'd usually have, they would celebrate that occasion with a single. Sometimes those singles would have actual members of that team singing in them. Sometimes, as with this song, I think... I couldn't bear to do any real research on this song. It's just fans record a song. They really were a scourge of the charts. And as much as streaming has been a massive downer for so many things around the UK Top 40 chart, one of the great things about it is absolutely wiped out the football song as a scourge of the charts. So we do have to be thankful for Spotify and other things for that. Although obviously not to throw too much shade at Spotify because we're very thankful to appear on your uh, corporate behemoth as a podcast. So thank you very much, corporate daddies. So as I said, this was the chart tradition that a team would release a song if their team was doing particularly well. So we're in 2003. This had been a chart tradition since 1970. We're entering the fourth decade of this shit, okay? The first one was 1970. The England team recorded a song called Back Home, which was number one for three weeks. And this 
caught on, and we are where we are. At least now the only one of these songs still standing is Three Lions, which we can just barely tolerate once every four years, or two years if people are particularly horny for the Euros. The Daily Mail, which again, I resent going on, but I went on archive.org so they didn't get the traffic. It lists at least 53 of these football songs that have been in the charts since 1970. Luckily, by 2003, with that song you just heard, they are coming to an end. And in some ways, we do have to be fortunate because another article said that Southampton Boys was one of six Southampton songs that were released that week and tried to get into the top 40. So I guess we had to be thankful that we only got one because we could have just been in a situation here where we'd just listened to the sixth one and then we would have to all drown ourselves in the ocean. So it is a blessing that we've just got the one. If this is the one, that, though, that made it into the chart, you have to wonder about how awful the other five were. And don't worry, that isn't me setting up playing all the other five. I wouldn't do that to you. Maybe the thing that got this one into the chart was the fact that Southampton Boys sounds like a particularly tepid gay porn and that brought a new audience. But the whole thing is even more baffling because Southampton lost the FA Cup, as you'll remember from last week, 1-0. So it's a song celebrating the fact that the team lost. I'm generally furious when football clogs up a place in the gay institution that is the UK Top 40 singles chart. It's not like there aren't enough places for football to be in the UK where it's constantly everywhere all of the time. Hopefully, this is the last time that we will hear about the Southampton boys, but it won't be, unfortunately, the last time that we have a football song on this chart because that Daily Mail article does spoil that there is a song in 2004 coming called Oh Millwall, So we look forward to that in however many episodes time. But for now, we can enjoy the next song. Well, you can try to enjoy it. I haven't managed to so far. This is number 15, another new entry, Minerva by the band Deftones. It's a tough week on the chart this week, isn't it? Just think, every time you have to listen to another one of these bad metal songs, Lisa Scott Lee and Girls Aloud are coming, I promise. But let's quickly take you through some song facts about Minerva. Minerva comes from the name of the Roman goddess. This is from songfacts.com. The multi-talented Roman goddess of wisdom, poetry, music, medicine, arts and crafts, especially wool, that's in brackets, dying science, that's dying as in turning things a different colour rather than, you know, expiring, falling down, dead. (laughs) Science, commerce and war. More generally, she was the patroness of intellect and learning, especially academics. So I guess I could say that Deftones Minerva is my favourite song about wool, maybe. Although Barbar Black Sheep probably edges it out, if I'm honest. The last thing to say about the Deftones is that they were a California metal band. And on the Deftones community, they say of Minerva... I think it's awesome. It's probably their most shoegaze-influenced song, but still has some meta elements. I'd like to see them do more songs like this with a very shoegaze influence. You'll be pleased to know that we'll never find out if they did more songs like this with a very shoegaze influence, because this was their last UK Top 40 song, so we'll never have to talk about the Deftones again. Unlike our next band, which we're going to be talking about 
at least for the next year, people still love this band. And we love them too. Busted, you said no. lovely stuff there from busted their third single and their first number one this is its fourth week on the chart who doesn't love a bit of busted i still associate them with one of the most embarrassing things i ever did in my life which was hang around with a load of cool kids when i was 10 them asking me what kind of music i liked and me saying i really like punk bands like busted and avril lavigne very humiliating in my defense i do like punk bands like busted and avril lavigne Certainly more than your less than Jake's, shall we say. We are rocketing ever forward in this chart, moving towards those gleaming beacons ahead of us of Girls Aloud and Lisa Scott Lee. But first, another new entry. And this is the first time I'd heard this song. It's pretty good. See what you think of it. Number 13, Mr. Reds versus DJ Scribble with everybody come on, brackets, can you feel it? And can you feel it? Let's find out. happen if you mashed up British Garage with American Hip Hop? That song aimed to give us an answer. If you're playing along with the Spotify playlist of all of this week's songs, that will be one that you won't be able to find because it hasn't made it onto Spotify yet. We could add it to the list of songs we're going to campaign to try and get onto the Spotify servers, like Triple H's Knockout, but I think that little sample that you heard there of Got To Be Real is the thing that's keeping it off streaming. So I think we won't have any luck with that one. At this point, regular listeners of this show will know that every time there is two artists who are verses in their artist name, like Richard X versus Liberty X, we like to do a fake boxing thing where we pretend that they are two boxers on opposing sides of a boxing ring. Like also last week's Bangor Knights versus Husan. Unfortunately, Mr. Reds versus DJ Scribble are so basically boring that we couldn't do a version of it that was funny. I know you're thinking to yourselves at home, well, it didn't. the fact that it wasn't funny didn't stop you doing all the other stuff that you've done in this episode, but it was even worse. So we've cut all of that, and we'll just tell you that Mr. Reds was a British Notting Hill Carnival DJ representing UK Garage, and Mr. Reds was an American radio DJ and WWF host. And if you've listened to that song you'll know that in the battle between Mr. Reds and DJ Scribble, there were no real winners. The only winners were us, if you like that kind of thing. Which, maybe you do, but you're probably just waiting for No Good Advice by Girls Aloud. And who could blame you? But we're still not in the top ten. Won't give away where Girls Aloud have got, but if they hadn't got into the top ten with their second single, pop history would have been very different. This next song was in the top ten last week, but it's fallen to twelve this week, a... Sixth place drop for Good Charlotte with Girls and Boys. 
a girl who doesn't like boys and who does like cars and money or if you're a boy who laughs at girls when they are not funny be sure to get in touch with us and share your story at the 2000s chart show at gmail.com another person who desperately needs to get in touch with me is 50 cent he may be at number 11 this week in his 10th week in the chart within the club but we all remember from last week the time in which one of his g unit pushed my mum and his silence on the matter is deafening so We'll play your song, Fiddy, but we haven't forgotten. Bottle full of bug, mama, I got what you need. You need to fill the bars. I'm in the having sex, I ain't in the making love. So come give me a hug. You're in the getting rough. You can find me in the 50 Cent within the club just eked out of the top 10. People, obviously, the news had gone around that the G unit had pushed my mum, and that did obviously affect record sales. Even though I can't quite remember whether that event had actually happened at this point in 2003 but nonetheless the British public remembers 50 Cent at number 11 brings us into the top 10 there are three new entries left in the top 10 there is Lisa Scott Lee the X-Steps members first solo song lately is taking on Girls Aloud we know them we love them it's maybe their best song it's no good advice one person who's trying to school Girls Aloud, despite the fact they don't want no good advice, is Sean Paul. He's taken the US by storm. Can he take all of the the British white people who wouldn't know Dutty Rock if it hit them in the face? Can he get them to buy his debut single, Get Busy? We will find out. But first, we're going to hear the third of our new entries that are in the top 10 this week. Get ready for dads everywhere to go crazy, because it is Bon Jovi with All About Loving You. I want to be very clear about this, okay? This show is basically explicitly meant for gay men because we are the only maniacs who are demented enough to care about top 40 charts from two decades ago. And so finding something to say about a very boring Bon Jovi track that will interest the gay male audience that I'm desperately trying to focus on is tough. I've thought to myself, there must be a gay entry point into this song. And do you know what, guys? I found it. And no, it's not just the fact that Bon Jovi looks like an old lesbian. That wasn't the link that I found. What I found is that in the video for All About Loving You, of course, that is Loving 
with an apostrophe because we loved apostrophes in 2003. Starring in the music video for Bon Jovi's All About Loving You is Tom Sandoval of Vanderpump Rules. Now, I have to admit, I'm not actually a Vanderpump Rules gay. I'm more of a old Top of the Pops episodes on YouTube gay. But I know from my other gay friends that they like him or hate him or want to marry him. I don't know. But they know him and he's in that video. So there you go. I have done my gay service in telling you about Bon Jovi. Number eight. Gay men out there. I can't believe I haven't mentioned this in the three weeks that this song has been on the chart will recognise the tune of this song from the much better version of it, which is Sugar Babe's Shape. This is the straight male version of that. The collaboration of the century, Craig David and Sting with Rise and Fall. Of course, the original song was Shape of My Heart by Sting, then reused by Sugar Babes with backing vocals by Sting and by Rise and Fall. Sting has taken full supremacy and has demanded to do a duet with Craig David. And who wouldn't want to do a duet with Craig David? I'd do one right now if he'd ask. I mentioned earlier that that is the straight male version of that song, which is ironic because if you watch the video for Rise and Fall, Craig David and Sting do really look like a gay couple on a first date. Which actually, and this is actually a little known pop fact, that Craig David and Sting did actually, they, uh, yeah, they, they actually had a very, um, a very short affair, actually, they did. It um, only lasted a week, actually. Uh, so they met each other on Monday, okay, and so then Sting took Craig David for a drink on Tuesday. Some of you have seen where this is going. They were making love by Wednesday, actually. Uh, then they did that on Thursday and Friday and Saturday, and then they chilled on Sunday. So it was a really a lovely week-long affair. I think they wrote a song about it, but uh, I don't know if... Uh, yeah, I can't remember what it was called. Something about something. I don't know. Fun fact, by the way, about Craig David's song Seven Days, which, if you don't know, that hilarious riff was based on. When I was a child, and I may have said this on the podcast before, I thought the lyrics were, met this girl on Monday, took her for a drink on Tuesday, we were making love by Wednesday, and on Thursday and Friday and Saturday, child on Sunday. That the force of their lovemaking had been so vigorous that it meant that they had a baby after four days. I may have not had the fullest understanding of how sex worked at the time, which may explain some life choices I've since had. But you don't need to know about those now. We've known each other for three weeks, but I'm not quite ready to share all of it yet. And of course, Craig David and Sting could not have a child on Sunday because they we don't have the technology yet. Even though if you were going to put two men together, why not Craig David and Sting? There may be a baby that... There's probably a lot of straight men who are horrified at the idea of two gay men having a baby. If you told them that they were Craig, David and Sting, they might be like, no, we're okay with that. And talking about things that I'm okay with, and in fact, absolutely love this next song. It was number three last week. It's now at number seven. That's a small fall. So hopefully that means a few more weeks of hearing this song. Monica, Gabriella, the girls cheeky 
with my favourite song about taking your shoes off. It is Take Your Shoes Off. Second week, number seven, Cheeky Girls, Take Your Shoes Off. This week's poetry highlight of the week was I don't want to sleep with Ariana. She's too beautiful and I'm too banana. But shake your body, feel the beat, take your shoes off and feel free. We love our teenage lives, disco fever never dies. It's definitely a strong runner up. Quite a feat to have two rhyming couplets, neither of which is a real rhyme. It's quite Just one would be sloppy songwriting. Two is unintentional genius and unintentional genius of course is very much cheeky girls's brand and if that doesn't make you shake it shake it move it move it then hopefully this next song will yeah we've been promising her all episode and she's finally here it is lisa michelle scott lee the only woman whose name is four first names and here is her debut single as a solo artist lately Her first solo single after leaving Steps. Very late to becoming a solo artist after leaving Steps. Steps broke up in 2001, of course. And she's so late to becoming a solo artist, in fact, that H and Claire have had their entire career as a double act by the time that she released her first single. They'd released the their only three singles had all come and gone by 2002. Even Faye Toza, my personal favourite member of Steps, had already had a UK top 10 single, which was a collab with Russell Watson, which, sure, I'm going to need at least 200 pages explaining how that happened. But Lisa took her time, because genius does take time, and lately isn't quite as genius as her other two solo singles, Too Far Gone and, of course, Electric. And I cannot wait to get to one of the most infamous chart moments around Lisa Scott Lee's Electric. So I don't even want to get into it now to spoil the future. But we do love Lately There. Very much looking forward to seeing at Mighty Hoopla in just a few weeks. Talking about how Steps broke up. So this is from an interview with H and Claire. It's not entirely clear who said it or whether they kind of spoke in unison like creepy twins in a horror film. But this is what it says. So to those in the business, it was always Claire and H together with Lisa Fay and Lee elsewhere. They would go out to a premiere or something and we wouldn't be invited. It got to the point when they know we wouldn't go anyway. You could see what was developing. I started asking, is it worth it? Is it worth putting yourself through this anymore? So then the H and Claire go on to tell this journalist about the, a meeting that Steps had that led to them breaking up. H said, they've been clear here who said it. They stopped speaking in unison like possessed witches. Claire and I had already discussed calling it a day but needed someone else to initiate the decision. 
Other band members said they were unhappy with the way things were going and we all realised we'd gone as far as we could with steps. I told the others me and Claire were carrying on together and they wished us the best of luck. Claire added, it was a very emotional moment and there were a lot of tears. So at this point, Step said that was as far as they could go, which the fact that then they reunited and did another eight years, I'm not quite sure what it says about those eight years, but, you know, I think they've done some good songs since they came back, so I won't be making any comments of that nature. Talking about as far as things could go, this is as far as Lisa Scott Lee would go. This would be her only top ten single, which I think is... I think actually Too Far Gone and Electric are both great songs. I think they were both deserving top 10 hits. Although, if Electric had been a top 10 hit, it would have deprived us of the incredible moments that we are going to get to in future episodes. So Lisa Scott Lee at number six takes us into the top five. Well, the top four, of course, because this week we are fighting out for that illustrious number two spot. Because anyone can get a number one. The trick is to get a good number two. Ask Hey Jude. That only got to number two. And have you heard of the guy who wrote it? Uh, Paul McCartney? Yeah. So number two is what we're all about. And there are two new entries that could do it. And there are two previous entries from last week. So let's look at what we have. We have Big Brothers with favourite things. The hills are alive with the sound of music. And the charts are alive with the Big Brothers. Especially the two that would go on to become Booty Love. But we don't have to talk about Booty Love until their right deserved time. Also from last week's chart, Tom Croft with Loneliness, a former number one. So we know that it has some popularity. Admittedly, as we said before, it was one of the lowest selling number ones of all time. But still, that could be enough to give it that number two position. But it will have to fight between two big contenders. Girls Aloud with their follow-up to the absolutely huge Sound of the Underground and Sean Paul with Get Busy, so it's time to see which of those four songs has made it to number five. with loneliness there a song that tom craft himself thomas bruckner said and we talked about this in episode two so you can listen back if you haven't heard it that he was attracted to the song that he sampled for his song because he thought the lyrics were totally meaningless which i appreciate being like i'm baffled by it and i love it it's kind of how i feel about take your shoes off by the cheeky girls there so that is at number five this week it may have been one of the lowest selling number ones of all time, but it's staying strong in the chart as we know it. So that just leaves us three songs. Big Brothers, Shauna Paul, as he will forever be known in my head because of the way he introduced himself in the song Breathe. Girls Aloud and Big Brothers. Which of them is at number four? I can now reveal... Ooh, that was very Davina McCall in Big Brother, wasn't it? I can now reveal that the British public have voted to evict from the top 40... Get Busy by Sean Paul. Sean Paul, say your goodbyes. You're leaving the UK top 40 
in five minutes. Of course, we all remember and like, if not tolerate, Get Busy by Sean Paul. But you may be thinking, hmm, that beat sounded familiar. Why is that? Well, here's why. That it sounded so familiar because it is a famous dance hall beat known as the Diwali Rhythm. You heard it there used in Ponder Replay by Rihanna, Never Leave You by Lumidi. Sorry, to give respect to that song, its full title is of course Never Leave You brackets uh-oh by Lumidi and Wayne Wonders No Letting Go. A great beat that has served us well and we are going to hear it many more glorious times. So obviously I did my due diligence and looked at the Wikipedia for this song. Sean Paul described it as mainly a party song. It's not at all about smoking weed. I would say. Obviously we do not doubt Sean Paul's testimony. But if you have to say that your song is definitely not about smoking weed... It probably is about smoking weed. You know, the cheeky girls don't have to say that cheeky song brackets touch my bum is not about smoking weed because we all know it's about grabbing ass. We know that take your shoes off is not about smoking weed. It's about taking your damn shoes off. So if you're like, my song is definitely not about weed, it's my personal opinion. I say that for libel reasons, legal gays out there. It's because your song may be about weed. So just two songs remain on this week's chart actually two incredible songs hit let's just be honest this has been a tough top 40 in terms of good music hopefully we've all still had fun and there are many great songs to come in the future so stick with us don't let the deftones drive you away which one of those songs will have made it to number two let's find out by playing this week's number three hit Cause a girl gotta have her favorite things Oh, that's what you like, nice type of life Platinum and nice, not diamond night Well, that's a right, you looking right Ass kinda tight, I'll spend the night Go with a G, oh, we could be right You and me, like fantasy I'll make it real, so what the deal Girl, turn ready, just how you Body feel diamonds and rubies I'm crazy about the yeah, yeah. Gucci dresses and drop-top VR headsets and electric scooters, streaming services and wireless routers, books that I read on my Kindle or Nook, these are a few of my favourite things, artificial flowers and solar panels, online shopping and digital channels, cats that meow with a cute little look, these are a few of my favourite things. That, of course, is what happened when I asked an AI programme to give me the lyrics to my favourite things but update them with 21st century technology and update them with 21st century things that particular piece of AI technology was Bing which I have to say better at the rhymes than ChatGBT 
scooters and routers particularly and panels and channels they are actually some great rhymes can ai deliver you an hour and a half of obsessive and occasionally amusing discussion about the uk top 40 charts of yesteryear not yet although i have they are heard they are working on it so i bet i better keep going while i still have the chance and tell you about this week's glorious number two you love it out there hopefully i would say that if you are a chart gay there's no way that you don't like this song so let's all raise our hands and rejoice at the miracle think of all the awful reality show contestants we've ever had put ben haynow in your head think about ainsley henderson and yoing quig and then bask in the fact that we had one glorious reality tv show contestant and she was called Sinead Quinn. But then after that, there was Girls Aloud. So before we hear it, and I know we are, we've been in a desert of the Southampton boys and the Deftones and Less Than Jake. And we've been parched for the water that is Girls Aloud, no advice. But please let me first tell you how this song came to be. So it was written by Brian Higgins of Xenomania. Xenomania, of course, being the people who are responsible for much of the amazing pop music that we will hear in the upcoming episodes they wrote so much of girls aloud they wrote all fired up but for the saturdays they wrote everything they wrote so many incredible songs hello future sam here i realized that in trying to think about all of xenomania's incredible songs i completely had a blank and so here are a few more of them negotiate with love by rachel stevens Made of Glass, Kylie Minogue, All I Want to Do, Danny Minogue. The list goes on and on. But initially, Girls Aloud did not like No Good Advice. So Brian Higgins says, We played them some of it and they said, That's not our sound. I objected to the use of that phrase, our sound. I told them they had five minutes to talk about whether or not they wanted to continue with me. They went away and spoke about it and since then it's been fine. They come in expecting to work and there's a trust there which I think dates back to that day. So that is so important. That is a line in the sand. That is a sliding doors moment. If no good advice hadn't happened, then maybe Girls Aloud would have never worked with Xenomania again. And then they would have been just another reality TV show band that happened to have one good hit. But this continued a relationship that led to, firstly, I would say the greatest girl band of the 21st century. No shade to the Saturdays or Little Mix, but this is it, I think. And no good advice is why that happened. Because they trusted Xenomania on this. And then that meant they could trust them with completely insane songs that they threw at them. Like something kind of, ooh, sexy, no, no, no. Or the show. No good advice should be celebrated for being an amazing song. The song that gave us the phrase, no need to count those dirty sheep. Which is meaningless, but amazing. And then gave us the band that would eventually provide us the lyrics to biology which was an entire song of completely meaningless lyrics so i won't make you wait any longer to hear here is 30 seconds of no good advice by girls aloud
BBC at this time called this song the best song on the charts and they were absolutely not wrong. And that is, of course, why it has made it all the way to number two, the highest position of any song in this week's Top 39. Well done to Girls Aloud, Nicola, Kimberly, Cheryl, Nicola and Sarah. RIP. I'd written in my notes what Brian Higgins had said, but I hadn't really struck me before how important that song was in making Girls Aloud trust Xenomania. You kind of think then, what would have their music sounded like if they had decided that that wasn't their sound and moved on? Would all of their songs have sounded like Beautiful Because You Love Me? That's a really horrifying thought, which I'm going to be leaving you with this week because Girls Aloud are at the top of this chart at the pinnacle that is number two. So thank you on joining us on another journey through the UK Top 39. I promise there's only two more weeks to go until we can have a full Top 40 again. And then we can just, as it that song that we were not mentioned falls further and further down the charts, we can just acknowledge it and move on. Until, of course, the Lost Prophets start uh, releasing songs and then that's a whole other can of worms. But we don't have to think about it now. All you have to think about is liking, subscribing, saying nice things online, promoting the show wherever you can. I'm immensely grateful for anyone who is listening to this point. This show has started from nothing but my desire to celebrate the amazing music of the noughties we have you know no advertising budget we've got big plans but we're starting from the very bottom so anyone who supports the show i'm immensely grateful for and it's just very exciting to be able to share some amazing music that doesn't get talked about so much anymore it does occasionally mean we have to you know sludge through southampton southampton boys but that's what made the chart so great, that football songs and heavy metal songs were right next to slick chart bangers like Girls Aloud's No Good Advice. So let's celebrate Girls Aloud this week on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at 2000schartshow. Our Instagram is coming very soon, I promise. As soon as I learn to edit in a way that doesn't take me half a day, that will give me some time to set up some social media and get some amazing pictures out there of all the smash hits and various weird things that we've uncovered throughout doing this show so thank you again for listening and do you know what sod it let's listen to no good advice by girls aloud again before we go I don't know.